powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane in Australia. It's episode 114 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we talk about our favorite holiday music for 2023. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand is consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller for humanoids around the world. Perdomo 20th Anniversary requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combine these beautifully bourbon barrels wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filled tobaccos Gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Minso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by Jerry Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of Cigars of Cuba, the leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Arroyo took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds and in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience, from growing tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with JRE Tobacco, Julio and Husso have brought their very own brand to market. He contained that authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Sumatra. And each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And we want to mention Tobacco RSA. Makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco RSA, great things are happening here. And we want to mention Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic. Black and Scars of Media won by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distillings Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all Maduro Black and Scars of Media won by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find these at your Drew Diplomat retailer. Excuse me, and remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network shows, as well as the California studio for the Primetime Show, is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Jukebox, episode 114. Uh, we're bringing this to you in the States as we get ready for Thanksgiving week. Uh, this is Will Cooper here. I am in the Perdomo Squad Studios on the Black Stage. And I'm joined uh, by my good friend and colleague on the other end of the planet, Mr. Dave Burke. Hello, Coop. How are you? Holiday show today? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're doing our holiday music show. So 
before you guys like send the hate mail, like why are we doing this before Thanksgiving? Why are we airing this before <laughs> Thanksgiving? Oh, uh, we want get, look, you can listen to this whenever you want, is what I'll tell you. If you want, if you're the kind of guy who doesn't want to listen to Christmas music till after Thanksgiving, just pause this and come back to it. But um, we want to make sure there's plenty of time for people to have this available. And uh, based on the recording time, Dave and I we want to make sure this one didn't slip through the cracks. So, yeah, because uh, we found in the past, if we wait too much into December, like no one listens to it. Yeah, either no one listens so. to it or it's a very short window. Like once yeah. December 25th comes along, they're really uh, people are ready, are, are done with the Christmas music. So, yes. um, it, like I said, we, we did it a little bit. I think we had to do it. We did it right before you came to the States, I think, last year is when we. Yes. Were. I yes. think I remember that. Yeah. Early December or so. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, but yeah, we just want to make sure to get it out there. Although here, Coop, because there's no we don't really do. I mean, people are starting to do Halloween more here. Right. But but uh, here there's no Halloween, really. And there's no Thanksgiving, obviously. So Christmas stuff starts going in the stores. And starts getting um, like Christmas trees and like, you know, Christmas cards and all that stuff in like July. Yeah. So it's starting in July here. So it's been. Oh, the Christmas music's at the stores already. Go see Santa if you like. I mean, what's it? Is Christmas really full swing after Thanksgiving there, or is it kind of all the time? Oh, it's definitely full swing after Thanksgiving. And with Thanksgiving being earlier, there's an extra week this Ooh. year. Um, You know, I've talked, I've had this conversation with my sister, right? And, and she may, you know what? She actually makes a good point. She's like, I enjoy the Christmas tree. She goes, she puts a Christmas tree up November 1st. She goes, I enjoy yeah. the Christmas tree, and I want to enjoy it more than a, a month. So I can understand that. I'm like, that makes all the sense in the world. So I think it's a personal decision is really uh, – I, I mean, you want to get on the stores for having Christmas decorations up like October, <laughs> like Columbus Day. I, I, I'll, I'll give you that. But but you know what? Um, as even doing this show, I can understand why retail maybe has to push this up a bit. Just – with their cycles as well, you know, and it gives them time to to market the stuff for more than just a four week period. So I kind of I kind of I mean, get it a little. Yeah, I mean, you got you got Black Friday, man. Are you a Black Friday person? Are you like a go out at midnight for the sales type guy or? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. Um, it, there's there's nothing really exciting about it. I don't like crowds. So, um again i see people make it a part of their weekend like so i've seen people um like hey it's kind of a fun thing for them to go out and do it if that's what people like um i'm not gonna you know who am i to say anything on that like i think that's a personal decision that you have to make as far as that goes um but uh you know what's interesting even though i have not been okay i'm gonna admit i've never been a black friday guy um when it comes to cigar stores, you know, a few of the cigar stores is open. I've opened at like 7 a.m. And I have come ah. to the store on the day after Thanksgiving at 7 a.m. So that that kind of is a little bit of a fun That's thing. That's sort of Black Friday, like. I mean, cigar, I know cigars sh- don't do big Black Friday sales, what I've noticed, though. So. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, we're going to get into holiday stuff, Coop. Yeah, you know, um, this has been a, a long time jukebox this goes back to the old cigar jukebox i think from the first year there's always been a holiday music thing um mm. 
and we've taken different spins and different ways. Uh, you know, we've sometimes in- incorporated gifts, give you know, gift recommendations yeah. or things like that. This year was, I got to say this, and we're going to get into it. This was my favorite year, Dave, of music I've picked. Ooh. I really love, I mean, not that I didn't like, but. Yeah. I, I, and I focused a lot on newer releases this year, too. Oh. Was, I just really did a deep dive this year of what was out there. And I started this much earlier than I normally do. So I'm very happy with, with the songs that came this year. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm very pleased with this. This is, I think, uh. We'll see how it goes and how the audience responds to some of the stuff. Well, I mean, and this kind of leads into like some music talk, but uh, yeah. And feel free email us at scratchjukebox at gmail dot com or coop. What's mm-hmm. your email again, Coop? I always forget coop. it. I should coop remember. at cigar hyphen coop dot com. <laughs> it's not that hard <laughs> to remember that. Uh, so yes, and send us your email stuff you want us to cover. We did rabbit hole last week yeah. so uh-huh. songs you want us to do for rabbit hole that'd be yep. great a- absolutely um but like it like insane cooper's doing new music uh yeah a lot of uh a lot of christmas albums are starting to come out share has one yep i have about... a, i'm gonna have a song from that spoiler so. oh nice we, we yeah. talked about um brandy's last week and i did a i did a review on the website of the lead single off that Christmas party for two. Nice. Um, which Brandy's is actually because we're used to people uh they just throw these these Christmas records out. But both Brandy's and Chairs are quite good. It's been a very long time since they've done a studio release. So yeah, I no, mean I, it's, it's I, exciting. I, I, I agree with you on that too. Yeah. So they're starting to come. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll get another Buble. He's pretty solid with the Christmas records, a bit of boobles. Um so we'll see what's going on. Uh, so yeah, be, be on the lookout for Christmas records. They're starting to drop. Uh, other news that dropped: Dolly will not be touring the new record, Coop, because yeah, uh, yeah, I saw she that. talked about need, needing to be with her husband. So I don't know if he has health issues or. Yeah, no, that's a that was a little surprising. Um, I don't know. I don't think it will affect things, but uh, as far as sales, but no. you know, obviously she's got to take care of things on the home front, you mm-hmm. know. So, you know, I hope everything's okay, obviously. Yeah, so, and it's, it's uh, you don't hear a lot about Dolly's husband. He kind of is in the background a lot of the time. Yes, um, and, and that's kind of, I think, the way he wants it is from what I understand. Yeah, so, so yeah, so that announcement was a couple weeks ago, which, yeah, we hope all the best for him and, yeah. and for her. Um Absolutely. I was holding out a bit of hope, hoping that this new record she tour Australia, but. I don't think that's gonna happen, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But hopefully, you know, he you know he gets back on the mend. Um, I haven't read a whole lot of uh, follow up on that. I mean, Dolly in interviews is pretty open with her life, but she's pretty private about her family. Very much, very much. So she'll 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 be really honest about herself, but doesn't really talk a whole lot about her family. So I haven't gotten much more information other than that release. Um. But yeah, so she won't be touring, which is unfortunate. Uh, that record drops very soon, so people are excited for that. It drops, um, I think, the end of uh, the month. Yeah, she's been she's been uh, she's been hyping it a lot, so that'll be exciting. Yeah. Uh, keep a list. Keep an eye out for uh, some best of lists. 
So in December, my uh, best, my top 50. Right. 2023 will start. Also, like Pitchfork is starting theirs. Yep. Um, a lot of your music sites will have theirs. NPR music usually does one. So just keep an eye out for your favorite music sites. Their lists are going to probably start dropping pretty soon. Yep. Um, uh, yep. So yeah. the, uh, the Coop, uh, I'll be doing my top new oldies again in January once the Coop cigar list is done. Um, oh, yeah. Now, I want people to know that usually, the de- unlike the Grammys, the deadline for the top 50 is a very fluid deadline where sometimes I wait for the deadline until after a record drops, like <laughs> Midnight's by Taylor Swift. Um, but that, the deadline is now done, so I'll, the top 50s be everything that I've listened to that's been released uh, before this show. Yeah. Um. Because once it gets into December and stuff, that's just too late, really. Yeah. Uh, I know my lists, I always cut everything off on Halloween, whether it's cigars yeah. or music. The cutoff's Halloween for me. It's tough because yeah. music-wise, for the singles anyway, like a lot of... A lot of singles and stuff drop around November because they want people to, I guess, buy them before. Yeah. For the holidays, so you kind of, so I kind of have to keep it open in November. Like I said, like, I mean, Dolly Parton released singles already, so I don't have to worry about that album. But like, Midnight's dropped late last year. Scissors SOS dropped late. Like a lot dropped late. Um, yeah. So some of the songs on the top fifty, be like, oh my god, like, where did that song? <laughs> come out it seems like forever do you uh, but that's that uh, so you know i have a philosophy i'm not a big fan for example of late year uh cigars like like jumping to the top of the list right mm. what are your feeling on music and, and and because if you think about it the the songs that are released later in the year have an advantage because mainly they yeah. don't get overplayed those early ones are always at a disadvantage because they're overplayed and people yeah. almost want to get them out of their minds there. So and there's just no really mm. good way to do it with music, unfortunately, you know? No, I mean, what I do is because, you know, like, I think Antihero last year was number one. Yeah. And that came out late. Um, And that has really stood up. But uh, what I do is so during the year, I keep I keep a running list during the year. Yeah. And I keep I keep a top 10 that I'm always changing my top 10 throughout the year. And then what I'll do is probably, probably tonight, actually, I'll listen to my, I've expanded that and I make a top 15. Mm -hmm. And so I'll listen to the top 15 again. And, you know, based on that, I'll move it around to make like a final top 10. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes some sense. It's kind of how I do the cigars. Um, Yeah. I I keep a running list. Anyway. So it's sort of like then you're comparing kind of apples to apples in a way because, you know, you're you're, and sometimes it's tough. Like I think it was what two years ago, like when Beyonce's record came out, we had a Beyonce, Lizzo, Harry, like we had like about six or seven major releases, and that was a very difficult. Like which one do you knock down? Which one do you put up? Yeah. Um, that was very hard, but uh, definitely, definitely. But yeah, this year maybe won't be as hard, but um, no, it, it'll be exciting though. So yeah, I'll start putting that out uh soon, 
And I try to end, I try to have num- the top five come out like on New Year's Day. Right. So I try to, so that it comes out in our year, our year end show. So, mm-hmm. yep. So be on the lookout for that stuff. And then Coop's, I got, I think of a couple records that'll be on Coop's one. Yeah. It's, uh, I think, I think is not a lot of, like last year was no surprise. I think you knew it was going to be tipping point. This <laughs> yes, year well, is so a couple, good. there's a couple that are high. Uh, so, uh, for sure. But last year was now, like, really yeah. easy, yeah. Now, Duran Duran, I have to listen to the whole album's out now. I got to listen to the whole album. The singles that they released really didn't do a whole lot for me. But I got to listen to the album because there could be like a gem in there somewhere. So I got to listen to that. Um, um, see if it goes on my list. Yeah, it's a good album. Um, I, It's right now. It's like, you know, it's, it's, one, it's in my contention. But if I had to compare it to Future Days from a couple years ago, Future Days no, was no, not, there's no comparison. But I do like some of the close. stuff they've done. Yeah, I do like some of the stuff they brought onto this album. I like that they brought some of the old band members back um, as well. Mm. You know, they brought Andy Taylor back. They brought Warren Cusarillo back. Um, and they seem to have brought them back for the style of music that makes sense for them. So uh, my, mm. my big, you know, but that's not all original material they have on that album. So that's something yeah, that yeah. I, I kind of, uh, it's keep a little... In Keep in mind, yeah. Mm. Now, we had too much music news last week. So this week, the PBS Disco Special, the recap. Yes. What are we thinking? You so, love. I mean, you you seem pretty positive on it. Yeah. Um. Let me make a few. I'll make a few points on this. Uh. This PBS special. Um. And if you haven't seen it, uh, the PBS special is falling under um a larger banner of an American cultural series called um, The American Experience. So this is a long, long time running show, uh, American Experience. So this is season 35. And in fact, this is episode uh, nine and it's called uh, The War on Disco. And I think there's going to be, they they call it chapter one. So I don't know if there's going to be a chapter two. Um, That was kind of but um, look. For first of all, a few things. This is this is like a fifty-two minute documentary, so it's not something that you have to make a big time commitment to do. And mm-hmm. it does a great job of talking about the rise and fall of disco. They they do a really good job. There were some things I took away. These are just some homework items. I'll say is that that I came out of this. How they did things. They did really well. Um, number one is, you know how I've talked about disco being a very inclusive community for women, the LGBT, the mm. blacks, they mm. cover that extremely well. And it's not something I've seen covered well in a documentary before. So that, that's definitely the, um, that's definitely the first thing. Um, the second thing is they, they co- they do an incredible job at covering disco demolition night and the whole story behind that. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. With Steve Dahl, uh, who's the DJ, and there's there's a personal vendetta he has against disco, which I don't want to give too much away if you don't know the story, but it was a very personal vendetta. He just wanted to bring disco down. He was a guy who wanted to bring disco down. Jeez. Yeah. Um, the third thing that was really covered interesting in here is when when the backlash occurred, a lot of the artists who were became stars right in the disco mm-hmm. era uh whether they were one hit wonders or had an album or something they really struggled 
afterwards to find work. Um, right. And, and it wasn't just because they would, you know, it didn't matter what kind of music they they did at that point, right? They would just stigma as disco, disco artists. So I think the documentary does an incredible job at talking about something that I don't think we realized. A lot. I, I, I didn't realize how many, you know, like, look, Donna Summer, had a brilliant career. The Bee Gees went on to become song great songwriters, but there's a lot of these other disco artists who like were, were folklore heroes that really struggled financially after this. So, um, so I think they did a good job with it. I did. I thought the timeline was a little weak. They tried to, they tried to, you know, they tried to make it like disco demolition. I brought disco down. It was a little more than that. Right. Before. It was the first. I think it was more the first event. It wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back. So uh, I think it was a, a gradual evolution, but um, it is it is definitely a great watch. Um, and you might not like the music, but I think if you are interested in in American culture, which uh, this is a great mm. this is a great episode, must watch. But they did a good job with the music too. They put good music in it, and they opened up with John Travolta and Saturday Night Fever walking. Oh, out. you have to. I mean, so they they got me right there. But they did a very good job with this. Uh, I would I would give this an eight and a half or a nine out of ten. It's oh, like, nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I gotta watch it. I had to go through some hoops and set up an account on the PBS station. Yeah, yep. Um, but uh, I got all that sorted. I was just sorting it right there. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you if you want to see it, you're like, oh, I missed it. You just go on the PBS or uh, yeah. site, and they have their own like streaming service, and you just sign up. Yeah, I mean, you don't pay money. You just sign up and watch it. Yeah, and like I said, it's a good one, Dave. I, I do want you to watch it because I know you're into oh, a lot yeah, of inclusion. I think from maybe it's not going to sell you on liking disco more, but I think they do a really good job with the cultural piece of this. Uh, like I said, I think this is just something that's so overlooked in music history. What what disco did for mm. a lot of the people uh, for inclusion. Oh yeah. So and it's imp- I think it's important to watch. Yeah. Hey, you wouldn't have uh, you wouldn't have punk without disco, man. You wouldn't have. You would not have. So, and that's something I wish they would have covered a little more, and they really didn't. Yeah, I agree with you well, on that. I mean, that's the thing people forget. Like, you might not like a genre of music. Yeah. But. You know, every genre of music, people either take that genre and add to it to create something new or they do something new in response to it. So, I mean, Disco's having a big, a big year this year. I mean, you had um, Dance Night, Dua Lipa. That was very, dis- a lot of the Barbie music is very disco influenced. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, what absolutely. was it last year? That a uh, last year, two years ago, a lot of releases had a lot of disco in it, like Pink and Lizzo yeah. and yeah. Beyonce. And... Yeah. So, kind of coming back, Coop. Kind of coming back, my it, friend. It, it's come back. It's been very well, you know, influenced over the years. And I, and I think, like I said, I think, that, you know, you're the one who told me to go listen to the Barbie soundtrack. I was I was judging a book by its cover. And like I said, that Dua Lipa song is is a great track. I mean, that's just I, oh. I, I love that track. So, so yeah, it, uh, good job, Dave, by yeah. you on that. Yeah. Well, since we're talking gifts, kind of. Uh, if I don't be pleased, if you have a Barbie lover in your home and they have a record player, yep, you could get it's 160 bucks, but you can get either a special Barbie or special Ken edition of the Barbie soundtrack. Which, depending on which one you get, it, the record is a special, like, pink and white vinyl colored record of the soundtrack. 
but it comes in its own bag. For the Barbie one, it's like a pink Barbie bag. For the Ken one, it's like a black and gold one with Ken on it. Um, and each one comes with a special slip mat for your record player. So, like, the Ken one has a big horse on it. And the Barbie one has, like, you know, a big pink bee on it. So, if you have a person that loves the show or loves the movie and doesn't have the soundtrack but has a record player, check out Vinyl Me Please because either of those will go very far uh, in their hearts. Yep, absolutely. Now, Coop. One person, I, this is added music news, one person that has listened to the show recently must be Andre 3000 yes. because he's putting out a new record. Uh-huh. But it's like a flute record. There's no rapping on it at all. He's putting out like a woodwind flute record, Andre 3000. You know what's interesting, Dave? I'm not going to give this one away. There's one of my Christmas songs from an artist who completely does a 180 like that. Ooh. Uh, so, and I'll talk about that. Um, and it, I always find it interesting. It's enough to get me to listen to it. I'm not going to say, oh, I'll listen to it. it. Yeah. It doesn't, what it won't do, what normally it won't do is convert me to liking maybe a genre better but it is something that will get me to listen to that genre so like i'm so, not yeah. going to listen to flute music but you know what that's going to get me to listen to it so i i i read about this because i'm like what is going on because it's his first record in like 17 years or something yeah so i mean you're not counting him guesting on songs and stuff obviously yeah but so he apparently like was playing the flute or something or someone would instrument in like stankonia or something and then like kept learning it and became like a classically trained flautist and like played woodwind instruments on the soundtrack of um everywhere all at once uh-huh it's like what <laughs> and so like yeah so he's he's really good so uh so yeah i'll i'll check i'll check it out you know i think it i don't think it dropped yet i think it drops soon but yeah, we were just talking about Andre 3000 and why haven't they gotten together and where's their new record and, and here he's putting out some. So yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Check it out. Definitely check it out. Uh, um, yeah, it's been a long. I mean, was it? It might have been. It was his last work speaker box. Would have been. I think that might have been if you're going back 17 years. Yeah, it would have been. I mean, he had, like I said, he's done singles. Like I think he did a single with like. Black Thought or something, and or Run the Jewels even as well. Like he's been out there doing stuff, but he hasn't put out, like he hasn't been on a full length record in that long. Yeah. Um, cigar news. I put down because it's a holiday show. Advent calendars. I know they've been popular lately. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know if you knew of any coming out or. Mm hmm. Um. Yeah, I know of three. All right, two are advent calendars, and one is a, uh, a Hanukkah uh, edition. Oh, um, so Oliva's brought back their advent calendar for this year. Uh, so it's like the third year in a row they brought it back. So again, it's kind of a different Oliva cigar every day. The idea is you open up this uh, Oliva advent calendar and mm. is, is a cigar, and um, it's supposed to surprise you unless you somehow searched out what the cigar is. Um, yeah, right. Yep. Smoke In has brought theirs back again for the third year in a row. Um, so it's using the same, that big package design. And theirs goes with 25 cigars from 25 different companies. 
Oh, okay. So, right. And uh, so every year they load it up with a different set of 25 cigars. It's been the same. I, I should have brought the box with me, but it's the same box design that you've seen for the last three years. From what Abe said, they're going to retire the box design after this year. They're going to use a new box design going forward. But they also did um, a, a Hanukkah set. Uh, All right. Yep. I think it's uh, it's got the uh, eight, eight, eight nights of Hanukkah plus the uh the extra candle so there's nine uh in that mm. one um and that's the first year they're doing the Hanukkah set uh so you can go to smoke in and and uh you know check those out I I have not seen what's in the Hanukkah set yet um okay but uh what I will say is um Abe said they're pretty Abe doesn't put junk cigars in these things so he no he no he doesn't uh, he no. has done a uh a really uh uh, he has done a really good job at like the qual. I mean, I've had the- I got the first year advent calendar, uh, and um, it's it's really good quality. Uh, so the advent calendar from Smokin is two fifty nine. You get twenty five cigars, and the Hanukkah box they're calling it is um, and I should I should have put a picture of that one. Shame on me. That's uh one hundred and fifty nine dollars for nine cigars. Okay. Yep. Right. So, uh, yeah, definitely Still got some uh, stuff out there for people yeah. to pick up. Yeah. Pete didn't do his this year. I think people yeah, I was got, say I, he did. do one. Yeah, I think he's still got two years worth. I think people still have the last two years. So. Well, how, the, the last one didn't sell that great, did it or did it? I didn't think it did. Well, they came. The problem is they, they both two years came out at once and they they came out oh, late, late and they came out too late. Yeah. So, right. I mean, I think they're still moving these, but. Um, I mean, yeah, if you want a Tatawai uh, advent calendar, there's yeah. retail. Got it. Really doesn't matter what the year is. You could you could do no. it and, and enjoy it however you want. Um, I remember Abe sent us the smoke in ones in year one, like December fifteenth, and I just you know I just started doing it into January is what I did. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's what I just did. So, uh, to have fun with it. So yeah. So yeah, the, like I said, Olivas is always pretty fun too. They, they like I said, mm. different Olivas cigars every year. So, uh, so you definitely want to check those out. Um, I, I, ha- I don't know. The other thing I'll just say is, well, they're not Advent calendars. Uh, mm. General uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Group has done a ton of samplers this year. Uh, oh, okay. Samplers. So, uh, there's a Partagas one. There's a Diesel one. There's a Cao one. There's a couple Macanudo ones. So, uh, you maybe will find something that you like if you just want to get some pretty cool samplers. Uh. Go check those out as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, any other cigar news? Um, other cigar news that I'm thinking big of. Stuff. Um, just kind of pulling up real quick. It's been a little bit of a slow. I'll be honest. It's been a little bit of a slow week because of uh, we're getting uh, close to, like I said, the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, mm. I will say <laughs> there is a new League of Pravada coming out. Uh, All right. It, it's going to be a box press to uh, Bellicoso going to Casa de Monte Cristo. It's called oh. the Porchetta. Ooh. So definitely one, I would say, is you're interested in um, the Porchetta, New Liga Pravada, uh, Casa de Monte Cristo stores will have that um, uh, for sure. And I don't know if we covered this last week. We might have. But Chateau Real is coming back. That's the original Drew Estate premium cigar. Before it was Liga Pravada, before it was Underground. All right. On okay. Underground, there was Chateau Real. Um, and it's coming back. It's going to be an online exclusive. So it's only going to be sold by online retailers. Um, 
All right. It wasn't a bad cigar. Chateau Real was it was I don't obviously I think you had to get through Chateau Real to get to Liga, but it was their first attempt at one. It was a good mild cigar when they came out with it. So, nice. Yep. So Chateau Real is coming back. So uh folks are uh, I would definitely if you haven't smoked Chateau Real, give it a shot. Yeah. I think there's a lot of similarities to Saka's Silver Mesa Burray with that cigar. Not the same. Right. It's yeah. Chateau Real doesn't quite have the sweetness of, of the brulee, but mm. the wheelhouse it did remind me of that. Okay. Oh, and did we mention the did we mention the black album? Or no, did we not mention that? No. Like oh, the, okay. no. So uh, James Brown is coming out with a black album anthology. Oh. And I like that. You know, Dave, I'll put this picture up here because I think you need to see this, right? James uh, is very musical. James is very musical. Uh, and uh, nonetheless, he, but so what this is going to have, Dave, this is really cool. Um, I'll show this here. This is going to have, it's bringing back oh, a lot of the geez. limiteds. A lot of the limiteds that, um, you know, you normally can't get a lot of these, right? Um, and there is, I think, nine, it's 24 cigars, of course, like nine God. different lines. So, and I have the list here, Bishop's Blend, Deliverance Nocturnes, La Madonna Negras, Last Rites Viaticum, Memento Mori, Morphines, Royalty Black, which I've never had the Royalty Black, the Santa no. Muerte Barrio Santo, and Super Deluxe. So, Ooh. um, so you have $300, each of the cigars are $1,250. Like I said, some of these, like, Royalty Black, I haven't seen that forever. Mm. Um, the Deliverance of Nocturnes, it's the 5x56 Perfectos. I haven't seen those in a while. So, mm. um, I'm pretty, like I said, it's a nice looking package they did with this too. Uh, mm. just how it's all laid out. So yeah, uh, if you, if you want something on your Christmas list, uh, if you're a black label, uh, trading fan, these, these are some really good cigars that are in here. That, uh, Bishop's Blend, what, like Lancero, it looks like. Yeah. It's that long one. And the, yeah. I'm looking at the other. Yeah. Give me that. Yeah. 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 Bishop's blend is, uh, like I said, and that only comes out normally once a year. And they haven't, they, yeah. they came out the new Bishop's blend this year. So that's the red label. Now they have the black label Bishop's blend. All right. I, yeah. Which, uh, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to butcher the names. So I'm not going to try to say it. So I'm not, I'm just I can't go, keep up. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, I think that's, a, like I said, we had so much news last week. I didn't, I knew I didn't talk about that one. And we love we love us some James Brown cigars. So uh, yeah, that is that's that's a definite must buy for your James Brown. Yeah, that is a huge sampler, man. Yeah, yeah, Jeez. it's really nice. Last year they did the like the Killer B sampler. If you remember his sample oh, is really yeah. really good. He does a good job with samples. There's no question about that. Um, now I got a new developing palettes review of the week. So I just watched it last night. The crux. I added it. No, I got a new one. I got oh, rid of the changed? crux. Oh, you got get rid of out. The get the out. Okay. Go, okay. We can tell oh, I we... see. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's right. I'm sorry. What am I saying? Yeah. The Postania. The Postania. The, yeah. We did the that. Connecticut did Toro, the cigar I love. Ah. I was like, who? I wonder. I <laughs> yeah, wonder what. So, uh, let's get into this. <laughs> so, from what I could tell, John, John, and June liked it. Apparently, right. Uh. Aaron liked the first third, and then found the rest of it a bit average. I don't think right. Seth was on board at right. all. Um, I they talked about a lot of pepper. I have to say, I don't know if it's me. I think I'm more like June. I didn't get a lot of pepper off of it. 
I had more of like a French toast vibe, so I was really connecting with like the toast they're talking about. Oh, go ahead. Oh, Hector. No, nah, he doesn't know. Show, he doesn't. We're, we're recording on an off day, so he didn't know. Oh, we'll get him Hector. after, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I got more of a French toast vibe off it. Um, I don't know. I think I was. I think. I mean, obviously, I think I was higher on it than they were. I mean, they still were totally bad. Like I think. I think Aaron and Aaron gave it a six, didn't Aaron give they it? They gave six? it. Aaron and John gave it in the sixes. I think John was like six point five or something. John, um, yeah, this was. Yeah, I think, I, I, think, I, I want to uh, say Seth was the one who killed it. Seth is in the fives. Seth's was okay. Yeah, I have the scores here. So Aaron was a six zero. Seth yep. was five point four zero. John was six point five two, and June. June always has six point eight two on every one of his scores. Of <laughs> but but a six from Aaron is, is yeah, it's still pretty good. I mean, the, well, like I said, I think he really liked the first third. He, first third, he sort of said that he would have it. He would like to try it in another Vitola, possibly. Um, I think what Seth was sort of saying was that it's not like I think, and, and it's an argument that Seth uses a lot that I agree with, which is sort of like, I could, I mean, for him, it was sort of like, I could think of two or three other Connecticut's I'd pick up before this. So it's like, why would I, that are, that are cheaper, so why would I right. get this? Right. Um, it's sort of his thing, and he sort of was a bit average, um, which I agree with. It's like, well, if the, you know, I, if I could, off the top of my head, think of four or five other cigars that have more than this, it's like, well, I don't know. Um, but no, so I was just wondering your thoughts, Coop, because you've uh, – what are your thoughts? I, are you sort of in, a, in agreement? Like, what do you think? Because I just saw it, and I know it's a cigar I really liked. I, I'm somewhere closer to Aaron and Seth on this one. I'm going to be yeah. very honest. Now, um, I normally don't gravitate to these bolder Connecticut's to begin with. Mm. I do prefer the more traditional Connecticut's. Um, but that being said, this is where I have, I, I kind of, agree, I, I kind of agree with Seth. It wasn't very complex. I agree mm. with Aaron. The first third was the best part of this. Um, this is, this is not a bad cigar. So I'm not yeah. a bad cigar. The problem is there's a cigar that came out for half the price mm. that is about half the price that is a close to half price that is, that is much better. And it's La Roma de Cuba, Connecticut. Um, I, I can't, my guys, my guys, our guys on the coop team, <laughs> I'm in the minority on this. Okay. Okay. Ben, Aaron, Aaron and I are in the minority. Let's say Ben and bear love this cigar. They think mm -hmm. I'm, I've lost my marbles. It's, so they love this cigar. You love this cigar. Um, I think Nielsen likes, likes this cigar too. So I'm in the minority. Loomis and I are in the minority here. Um, but this is by no means Coop thinks this is a uh, a POS. No. This, this is a, it, it's just again, I kind of go back. This cigar to me is about 88, 89. I haven't scored yeah. it yet. Um and I will uh, I I forget which size was it the Corona Gorda I thought was a better size in this. Yeah, there's is there a, a, is yeah. There a Corona Gorda? Yeah. There is, I, yeah. Yeah. I didn't think the Toro was the best size either. So well, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. and like to 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 Seth's defense is the lowest score. He wasn't saying it was a bad cigar either. He was just sort of saying, you know, 
it's average. Like he was just like, it's an average cigar. So if I want a Connecticut, I would go with Roma Craft, which is cheaper and that's better than this well, cigar. Well, sort of what he was saying. Yeah, and this is where, but this is where I've talked to Skip too, and I think if you ask Skip, he he's obviously a bigger fan of the EC, even though he blended yeah. this. Uh, but Skip also, and I've talked to Skip about this, and he because I kind of just mentioned when I was at the trade show, I, I did. But in fairness, Skip said, "Hey, this is what these guys were looking for." So yeah, you know, and a lot of people do like this cigar. So oh, who I like might have find fault with that, right? No. Um, but I uh, think. I knew I mean, you were going to love this cigar when I smoked it down in Nicaragua. I love it. Yeah. Now, I have a question for you, Coop, because I don't smoke a lot of Connecticut's, uh-huh. right? I smoke very few, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. Uh-huh. I, I think the best Connecticut that I've ever had is the Room 101 Connecticut. Oh, that, oh my goodness. Was but that, that's, another, that's another story. That was like Davidoff. Because they used all the Davidoff tobacco. It was so, so good. good. Oh my goodness! That that never was, to you know that never to be had again. Namakubi in two thousand, it Namakubi overshadowed it is what happened. Oh, but but yeah. that was those were both in the top ten. The Namakubi oh. and the Room One Hundred and One. That was a big year. I agree with but, you. Room One Hundred and One but buttered popcorn. That's the, yeah, that's the best thing I've ever yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and Coop and I are big fans of that cigar. So shout out to you, Matt Booth, for making an amazing cigar. But mm-hmm. um, but do you think this cigar? Like, if you're a Connecticut lover and you love, like, traditional Connecticut's, this isn't cigar for you. Like, because Seth was sort of saying he's had a lot of Connecticut's. He smoked a lot of Connecticut's. I don't know. Um, You know, the thing I looked at this was it's, I think it's slightly stronger mm. than, like, your gateway intro Connecticut, like your Macanudo Monte Cristo white smoker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or your dab it or smoke. I think it's got a little more strength. Um, like I said, I normally prefer the much milder Connecticut's, but mm. this is still something that is, I think, approachable for a new smoker and approachable for someone who likes those medium plus cigars or full cigars. So I, I think there right. is something there in this cigar for that. Well, no, there you go. So check it out, people. Um, yeah. What are we? What are we smoking today, Coop? Well, we're both we're, smoking we're, the same cigar for once. Yeah, yeah for once, right? Uh, we are smoking uh, the Stillwell Star. Mm. Uh, let's see if I can get that in there without. Uh, yep. The Stillwell Star. Yep. Why? There she is. 2022. 20, 20, so yep. this this is um, Steve is Stillwell Star line. I think everyone knows has the pipe tobacco in it. Mm. Um, and in the case of this cigar. Um, it uses like like pipes. The pipe industry is known for coming out with these holiday pipe pipe blend releases every mm. year. So, um, Saka decided, hey, let me use some of those holiday pipe tobaccos, um, and create a limited release on this. So, just so like people know, this is the 2022 release. Uh, there's a 2023 release about to hit the stores as this show is airing. Um, this cigar uses a uh, an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. The 2023 is going to use a Connecticut wrapper. Um, but like I said, it uses, um, from what I understand, it uses like Black Cavendish, Burley, Virginia tobaccos mm-hmm. in here. Um, a lot of people really, really like this cigar. Mm. Um, like in terms of the Stillwell Stars, I think this got the most positive reaction of it. 
Um, I'll hold my thoughts. I've smoked this already, so and, and there is a review on Coop if you're interested in this. But I'll hold my thoughts on this. Um, have you smoked this before? I've smoked this a lot. I love this cigar. Okay, I fall into that. I fall into that group. I think, I think it's. I think it's for me, and I haven't had all the Stillwell stars because I think the aromatic people kind of liked, and I didn't get to that one. Yep. But I tried them. I tried most of them, except for that one. Uh, just because something new, I want to give it a go. I think this is my favorite of the Stillwell stars, and I like the cigar just like in general. Um, it, it's like I said. I think most of the Stillwell stars have scored similar to me. Um, this one didn't score the highest, but I don't know. It's like one of those things where I don't think this is the best of the still, still stars. I think, and we'll get we'll get to more thoughts later. But just like initially, I think I like it more of the Stillwell stars because I think the pipe tobacco in this blend works the best. Yes. Whereas the other ones, you kind of get hints of it, but you're like, I'm smoking a cigar for the specific purpose yeah. that it has pipe tobacco in it. So I want a bit more of that flavor. Um, whereas this one, I think because the blend leans more into the pipe tobacco, and so you get a bit more of it, in my opinion, um, which is sort of what you're after, I guess. Yeah. Um, what I will say right off the gate out of this, um, it smokes like a holiday cigar. Yeah, it smokes like a cigar I want to have, like on December twenty third with the Christmas yeah. cookies baking, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, the you know the cinnamon sticks or whatever. What What's interesting, Dave, and I'm gonna digress for a second. I'm starting to review the Avo Season series, which mm. is the spring, summer, winter, and fall cigars. Mm. And I just reviewed the spring cigar, and it did very well. It got an eighty nine. Now, while this didn't ding it for points, the problem I had with it is it didn't taste like a springtime cigar. It tasted like a yeah. cigar I'd have in December. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah, had, yeah. it had all those, like, you know, the baker's spice and all that stuff. Mm. Um, I think this cigar, I think Steve does a great job of timing this release at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's a good cigar, uh, but we'll get into it as, as we smoke it. And, uh, yeah, this is the first year we haven't done the, because um, I don't think he did one last year, if I forget, the Holiday Blend by Viaje. No, there's not a yes. There's not a ton of holiday cigars out there. Like you had the holiday blend from Viaje. You have this cigar. You used to have CAO used to do those cigars, like the Naughty Nutcracker and the Some of them were better. Yeah, the Naughty Nutcracker. Yeah. Uh, but you don't get a lot of you don't get a lot of them. No. Uh, anymore? No, I mean I saw I saw Andre just came out with the uh, Thanksgiving the farmhand cigars. Yes. Uh Provada's got a Turducken cigar. I saw that. Yeah, so I mean, uh, Viaje what does the full moon as well for their? They do Halloween, yeah. Halloween. The, full um, moons, the past ones haven't been that bad. Well, I like the, the full moon. I think made a coupe list one year too as a top, like you know, one of the top cigars. I think uh, it's a good, it's a good Corojo Criollo mix they have in that cigar. Mm. Oh, so yeah, so we're going holiday cigar. We'll we'll both give our final words on it at the end. Yeah. Um. In honor of John, got the V cut. So there you go. Oh, John is, is loves his V cut. He loves his V cut. I love yeah. the V cut too. But uh, so just just some thoughts. So okay, so we've done a bunch of holiday shows by this point, Coop and I, and then yeah. I did a bunch on on jukebox, and I've always tried to have new songs and not repeat the songs. Yeah, but but this time I said, forget it, Coop. It's been long enough. Yep, I agree. I'm like. You know what? Enough time has passed. So I'm going blank slate. So these are just yep. like my favorite one. Yep. 
Uh, I want to give shout outs to all my Hanukkah and Kwanzaa brothers, sisters, and non-binary folk. Uh, I try to cover some, I try to cover different areas, have different holidays represented. Cause usually it's, I just go straight Christmas. I try to yep. broaden that this time because yep. we're going blank slate. Um, so I'm trying to have different tones, some seasonal tracks that don't are about Christmas specifically, some Christmas tracks, some different holidays. Yeah. So I really went blank slate with this one, Coop. Yeah. Uh, how about how about you? Um, I um, I kind of went through the same thing with you. I didn't worry about whether I covered this song or not. I covered this artist. Uh, I kind of threw that out. But I did say, you know what? Since I want this to be a little different than previous shows. Uh, and I always try to do a theme. And this time I took a very simple theme. I said, well, let me look and focus. I didn't go exclusively on the stuff that came out this year. Because there's always a healthy uh, smorgasbord of, of, of Christmas and holiday albums that came out. Mm. And I think this was a pretty decent year for it. Um, so for the most part, I stuck to this year. There's a few from last year. And then there's a few older ones that I did mix in there. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I didn't overthink this one, Dave. I, I really did. I just nice. said, what was good? What was something good? Uh, there's always like a holiday song that grabs me every year. So I think there's mm. one for sure. There's actually two this year that kind of grabbed me. Um, and like you, I, I didn't get into Kwanzaa. I should have probably looked for that one more. I do have a Hanukkah song in there. This year, so I did try to do it, but but I'm going to say this: Festivus is not a holiday, and I'm yeah, not yeah, Festivus. Yes. I don't care what <laughs> I, I don't care what anyone says. I'm not looking for Festivus music. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're we're nice. doing we're doing something with Festivus on KMA. I can't talk. I'm not, I probably already talked. Oh, are you? Oh, I, I am not involved with it. Is well, I'm I'm being. Oh, team, I'm you being, washing your hands? Listen, I am being the team player here. I'm not going to like. I'm not, but. I no. I I have no love for Festivus. So, uh, Bear and I feel very strongly Festivus is not a holiday. So, well, no, it's not. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, so we're both in blank slate, so this should be cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna bust it out. I'm just gonna do it now. So All right, Dave, get get into it. So I have a Hanukkah song to kick us off because I'm like I like I said I wanted to be really broad this time, and so I did a bit of. Research. I have Rock of Ages, which this I mean, there's a lot of different performances of this song. Yeah. Um, from what I read, it's quite a classic uh, that a lot of people play or, or sing. Uh, I went with something. I went with Leslie Odom and Nicolette Robinson. And there's sort of it's a, sort of like an kind of like a modern sort of R&B take on it, Uh huh. which it has excellent vocals. I think for holiday songs, R&B songs work really well. Like we talked about Brandy, you look at your like Nat King Cole's. We'll talk about another one later because they just got that really comforting, like warmth and like soothing vibe, Coop, you know, that you want over the holidays. Um, There are metal versions of this song. I didn't include those. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Leslie Odom, Nicolette Robinson, Rock of Ages. It, uh, it's great. It's a great song. I think as artists, they're good artists. So uh, check it out. I really liked it. Nice. Nice. Um, uh, so I went, I didn't go new with my first song. I'm, I I did these in alphabetical order, right? Oh, look at you. Right. So, yeah. So uh, I am kicking off with a Hanukkah song. Uh, uh, the artist is Carol King. Mm. And uh, the, nice. al- the album is, um, oh, why didn't I write the album down? Uh, 
but the song is called Han- Hanukkah Prayer. Okay. Mm. Um, and Hanukkah Prayer is um, a a song from a a, a a a is it a Christmas Carol? I forget what it now Ooh. now now I should remember it. But but it's from Carol King's 2011. Uh, it's from oh a holiday Carol. A holiday carol. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, from 2011, it is. Um, so this is this Hanukkah song is look. It's very traditional. This is uh, a, it's a slower song. Uh, it's a Hebrew song. It it comes from a traditional. She didn't write this. This is one of these traditional Hebrew songs. Uh, beautiful piano work. Uh, with some horns laid in on this. Uh, it, it's a little. It's it's a slow song. It's got a little bit. It's not an uplifting song, but well, I don't want to say it's not uplifting. Mm. It doesn't have a heavy beat. Doesn't have a heavy beat. It's a slower song, is what I'm gonna say. I mean, it's a prayer song. What do you expect? It's a Hanukkah prayer. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. Uh, but I did think she did a great job on this. This a holiday carol. Uh, you know, um, uh, which is the Hanukkah Mm. prayer from the Holiday Carol uh, album for sure. Um, and she has some Christmas songs on there too. This is the Hanukkah song that she put on there. Oh, a bit of everything. A bit of everything. Yeah, but this is you know I was glad to see this one on there. Uh, like I said, I wanted to get a Hanukkah song on for sure, and uh, this is it. So, uh, my next song. So I'm talking about giving a shout outs to Kwanzaa. So happy Kwanzaa to everyone. That's runs after Christmas. Runs between December 26th and January 1st. Uh, so what? So Kwanzaa itself was started in 1966. And it's like this kind of combination of African traditions plus celebrating African-American culture. So it's not a religious holiday as such. Um, I mean, they have candles and stuff. To, it's like, a real holiday, things. unlike Festivus. Is what we're yeah, it's a real holiday, but it's not. It's more of like a secular holiday, if that makes sense. So you don't have like religious carols or whatever. Um, so what I have, because it's celebrating, you know, African-American culture, African traditions. I have from Beyonce, her version of Lift Every Voice and Sing, which is a hymn written by James Weldon Johnson in 1900. So he was the leader of the NAACP at that time, wrote the song. The song was then later used like for civil rights and stuff like that. Uh, It's been done by like, you know, a bazillion people. I think like Teddy Pendergrass did a version of it. Oh, really? I I think so. There's been a bazillion versions of it. Um, but the version I have is from Beyonce, and she did it as part of her homecoming concert. So yeah, so there's my 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 Kwanzaa shout out, my shout out. So you got Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, or Dave comes right out of the gate with it. Out of the gate, well, I just do some research, you know. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. So give it to me, give it to me, your coop. What do you what do you got next year? All right. Uh went with a little more of a faster tempo like i said that hanukkah prayer song it's a slower song um but the song is christmas baby please come home <laughs> I saw that. the the artist is a band or a group called the philly specials oh what who are they <laughs> the philly specials are uh three eagles off three philadelphia eagles okay who play offensive line jason kelsey lane johnson and jordan mylata Nice. Uh, they, He's they, Australian, they, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan. And, and, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, they did they did some Christmas music last year. They did an album last year. There's some singles that are coming out this year. Um, they're really good. They can sing. 
They do a great job. The whole if you go get those uh, that Philly Specials Christmas album, but but this was my favorite. I think they did uh, they did this song great. Uh, Christmas Baby Please Come Home is a a song by uh, this was a song written by Phil Spector. Uh, Darlene Love became uh, the original singer of it. I think a lot of people remember you two singing this song. Um, this the Philly Specials I think pay a little more homage to uh the U2 version of this song. Um mm. it's got a little bit of a there's just a touch of doo-wop in it almost. Like even though it's like it's got that U2 kind of uh yeah. sound to it. It's it's a little touch of doo-wop. These guys these guys are good. These guys are uh, love it. And I think it's a charity raising thing as well that they're doing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So um you know and look they're uh you get if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I'm sure you're gonna want to hear this. Uh Joe Grow who's now at Casa de Monte Cristo, formerly of Drew State and Quality Importers. Yes! Um, he pointed out some of the new music that they did this year. There's some new, newer songs as well, but uh, they're all on Spotify. Definitely check them out and get get, get a copy of the album, too. I think it's, I think it's good music. That they, they did a nice job on this. Oh, I love it. I love that. Out of the box. Blake Slate. Coop is out of the box. Yeah. That, and, the, and the thing about it, Coop, I know you're a Philly guy, right? Yeah. But this is your... This is your NFC East rivals here. Yeah, you're uh, you know I am. You know, but here's the thing: I, I'm never. I, you know, the Cowboys are my hated, are the hated team. Oh, like, right, okay, yeah. Even though I've written the Giants, I haven't watched the Giants game since Week One. Right, I'm going to be completely honest. Right, but I've always hated the Eagles when we play them. But you know, if the Eagles make a Super Bowl run, I'm always in their corner. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I, I just well, have not, been. Yeah, you're not missing much. Uh... <laughs> Stopping watching after week one, I'll tell you what. Oh, Dave, it would have to digress. It's bad in New York right now. Uh, I think they fire the coach. This is a, now. This is digressing a bit. I don't think you, they fire him. Okay, is he going to go from coach of the year to fired? Because that team looks abysmal. They look so, so here's bad. the thing. I don't. They. I don't think they're going to fire him. They gave uh, up trying last game, Coop. Well, I think the quarter. Did. I think the thing that's saving him is the quarterback situation. Okay, they may fire. I don't think they'll fire the GM two years in either. Um, but there is this rumor, and it's but it's I don't only talk rumors, but it's so much out there that you know Belichick's going to get fired from the Patriots and he's going to get hired by the Giants. Oh. That is not that is not happening. I don't know if you want that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's I mean, how we you know it's interesting because would that get me to watch the Giants again, Dave? I, I, I just one of the greatest coaches of all time and coming back to where he started. So yeah, yeah. I can't lie. I can't lie. I don't think it will fix the problem. I think the ownership is so no. broken. I mean, it, some former Giants are coming out. They're saying that the whole organization is broken right now. Ooh. But yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, get get uh, for Christmas. Get Koopa. You know, a Giants win. Something. Yeah, good. yeah. Well, you gotta get me back to watching them. It's just gonna be hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went with probably one of my favorite. Uh, songs my favorite uh christmas songs um that i've had and that is bing crosby's wow white christmas this is just epic yeah uh i mean and and oddly enough the person who's become the unofficial you know as developing palettes turned into its own segment the person that we have to mention every show now apparently is neil diamond who also does a version of this yeah, um, Neil, Neil Diamond uh, will be coming up on my he did list. A, 
Because he did a bazillion Christmas albums. So yeah, now he's got the last one was more of a compilation of these bazillion Christmas albums. There's so many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a cover with him wearing a wearing a cowboy hat, looking like he's on the range. It's amazing. But uh, he did a version of this. A lot of people done a version of this. Um, it's a classic. It's favorite. I saw this movie re-released in a theater last year, Coop, when I went to America over Christmas. Mm. Uh, with my mom and, and and my daughter, and my daughter loved it, and made all of her thirteen year old friends watch it, and they're like, "Why are you making me watch this?" And she's like, "This movie's amazing." And uh, I'd seen it in a theater with people. Coop was great. It was like such great because, you know, people are laughing at the jokes, just singing the songs. Bing Crosby's amazing. White Christmas, classic. Oh, you can't. You just, like it, this is that's very. It's a cliche expression. You can't go wrong with Bing Crosby and White Christmas. It, it, it's, it's timeless. It's time. There's something wrong with you if you don't like that song. Is what I'm just gonna. All right. So we got. So we got that. Where Where are we at with you here, Coop? Third one. Now this is one of these Christmas songs that has been my absolute. Um, it's gone to the top of my list this year. As really? one of my favorite ones, right? And it's Jingle Bells. All right, and the artist is Mark Tremonti. Okay. Now, if you don't know who Mark Tremonti is, he is best known for being the guitarist with the band Creed. Yes. Okay. That's right. Great guitarist. The problem is I always had with him is I always felt like he was trying to play his guitar over Scott Stapp's vocals. That was just always oh. the problem I had with him. But his guitar work is amazing, right? Um and he and he's known for he he's known for heavier grungy types of guitar work. Mm. This is a heavy type of guitar work. However, in recent years, he's done some different... This is the one I was talking about where someone's done something different. Mm. Uh, he has been recording more in the way of jazz. He recorded Ooh. a uh, Mark Tremonti's uh, Frank Sinatra tribute album where he sings Sinatra. Right? Oh, right. Okay. And Jingle Bells is in that vibe. This right. So... It's a great spin on this thing, right? This it opens up like you're listening. It, it, this is just a great performance, okay? It opens up like you're listening to a 1950s radio commercial. If that makes sense. There's just like the, right. the, the way it's oh, kind of yeah, at the yeah, beginning, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Tremonti goes into Jingle Bells, and he sounds like freaking exactly like Frank. Like I, I, I just like this guy. I mean, he's yeah, he can. Pull so it's Frank. a total jazz vocal as well. It, it's a yeah. Yeah, okay. uh, but really, it's like I said that 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 opening part where they kind of do it, it. It sets the stage for Dingle Balls. Like it, you feel like you're listening to a 1950s commercial at the beginning, right? Um, absolutely one of the. I would absolutely say this is. Um, this was the standout song on the uh, Tremonti, uh, the Tremonti Christmas album. But um, I would highly advise. Um. If you are definitely interested in a good Christmas album this year, listen, Mark, Mark Tremonti's Christmas album uh, was tremendous, uh, is all I can say. Mark Tremonti's Christmas Classics is the album. Uh, put that on your list, but you know, give it, you can give it a list on Spotify and see. Uh, excuse me, Mark Tremonti's Christmas Classics Old and New is the official name. Mm. So uh, I, think he, I think it's a standout one and uh, really enjoyed this one this year. Nice. No, that's good to have... Uh... Something new, have people trying something different. That's very cool. Um, 
Dolly and Kenny, Coop. I went with next. So Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers have a long history of doing very successful duets together. Iconic. I mean, it's it's legendary. Yeah. So they were like, you know what? How about we just like do a Christmas album together? And they said, sure. So I got Dolly and Kenny doing I Believe in Santa Claus. Um, so they put this out because they worked so well together, duet together. Uh, I th- the music you may find a bit cheesy because it's a bit sort of like filler, synth, and guitar sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the best. However, I think their vocals re- work really well, and they are a great duet team, I think. Like, they complement each other well. And so just for the vocals, the song is, is very, very good. Um, just their vocals together are great. And you gotta love Kenny. Oh, you gotta love Kenny, yeah. That's a good album. Yeah, I mean they they duet so well together. Like their their vocals complement each other so well that um any more any regardless of what the, the music arrangement is, any any duet of theirs is gonna go quite well, I think. Yeah. But uh, and and a and a classic as well. Pretty uh. So we're going to sort of the more. It's a Christmas song, but it's more sort of like secular. We're not really getting into the you know, the uh, the 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 uh, the more religious side of things, which we will. Right, right. But uh, but yeah. So kind of, kind of there. Where where are you at here, Coop? Um, on my fourth one. That's a great uh, song. Um. Yeah, and this is a little bit. This one may be a little like surprised that I'm. Uh, I have these artists on, but uh, the song is Jingle Bell Rock, and it's done by the uh, husband and wife team of David Foster and Catherine McPhee. So I think a lot mm. of people may know Catherine McPhee. She was like on American Idol. I don't think she won it, but she was like she was very high up on American Idol. Um, if you're an old guy like me, David Foster is a name that you knew in the '80s. Um, he did a lot of production work. He would do a lot of, um, he did a lot of, um, he brought in production. He did a lot of piano keyboard work. Mm. Um, so, uh, they have gotten married. Uh, they got married a, uh, a few years ago. So she is, I think like 30 years younger than him. Right. Um, right. Um, but they did a Christmas album, uh, and the song that, that I picked again, Jingle Bell Rock, um, the Bob, it's the Bobby Helms song that I want to say really. Me growing up, we always heard the Daryl Hall and John mm. Oates version of that, a yep. very poppy version. Um, mm. But uh, this is from David Foster and Catherine McPhee's Christmas songs album. They Catherine McPhee is the one who really does the vocals on here. Uh, you'll probably hear some of David's instrumentation uh, on this, and but uh, this she gives it kind of that big band jazzy vibe to it. Okay. Little, uh, I I kind of really dug their interpretation of Jingle Bell Rock. Like I said, uh, you know, there's like there's there's the Daryl Hall and John Oakes. Like it's a very poppy type of song. You're you know, string you can string popcorn to it. This one kind of brings mm. it a little different here. Uh, and I think Catherine does a great job with her vocals on this one. Uh, again, the, the, this Christmas songs album that they do is a nice album. Uh, great, it's a great addition to your collection. So if you're listening to this stuff on Spotify, you maybe check out, you know, the song, but check out these albums as well that they come from. Mm, nice. Love that. Love that song. 
Um, it's a great song. It's a great song, and I said this is a, a different spin on it, which was nice. Mm. Now I'm going a bit more folky. I have Orla Fallon, who is more of a folky sort of Irish Celtic singer, and she does a version of "I Saw Three Ships," and that's my next one. Is I saw I love that song. I saw three ships. I love that song. I love it. Uh, so she does more of a folk version that song of that too. song. Yeah. Oh, hers is a bit more of a uh, Celtic sort of folk version of that, which I enjoy. Um, I mean, other artists have done it as well. But oh, hold on, Coop. Oh, I stepped on my mic. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was me for a second. Yep. Oh, am I all right? Okay. You're good. Man, talking about, I saw three ships and it's all stepping on my mic. Everything's going crazy. So, yeah, no, I uh, love the folkiness of it. Great song. Check it out. Do agree. No, that's a good I like that one. Oh, I love that song. All right, let's see. Oh. Yeah, this one got me. I kind of screwed up the formatting here, but so hopefully you can see. <laughs> I don't, so. So uh, yeah, I went with um, I went with Neil Diamond here. So you got a Neil Diamond version of this song. I got a Neil Diamond version of this song because it, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be a Christmas song list without Neil Diamond, right? Uh, no, yeah. Um, so I picked a I picked a Christmas song that I I've always liked it. It's probably so it was it was Happy Christmas War is over, um, mm. but and it was the one made famous by John Lennon and Yoko Ono. I always say it was the best vocals Yoko Ono ever laid down was on uh was on the Happy Christmas song, okay? Um but mm. so but Neil Diamond is going to put his own spin on this one, right? So mm. um he, you know Neil Diamond's that anthemic type of singer, right? He's very anthemic. Uh it was mm. anthemic pop or anthemic rock. He's very anthemic. Uh but there's also a gospel vibe with this uh version too. Uh, that, that really, like, I, I really think this was, it's a different cover than what you're going to get with John and Yoko, but it's, 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 it's true to Neil Diamond. Um, and it's quintessential mm. Neil Diamond is what you're going to get here. But that little bit of a gospel spin, I think makes it really work here too. Um, so definitely, yeah. Happy Christmas war is over. Uh, if you don't want to hear Yoko on sing and he'll know Diamond sing is what I'm going to say. Well, there you go. Yeah. Ah, oh, no, interesting. I love the Neil. Gotta have Neil. I love that song. I just heard it the other day in the shops, actually. Neil, the John Neil, Lennon one, version. No, John, it's a good, it's a good song. You know, uh, like I said, it's the best Yoko Ono vocals you're gonna get on a song. <laughs> it's, I'm gonna be honest, yeah. <laughs> cool. uh, oh, I love it. Uh, yeah. Oh, Neil, I gotta hear that. I love me some Neil. We gotta do that Neil show. Neil's Neil show, yeah. Neil show's gotta happen. Uh, Vince. Guaraldi trio is next. Now you're like, well, who is this Vince well, guy? Like, I, why I, do we have that? Well, 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 he got that one of the old timers. Yeah, he did all the music for the Charlie Brown specials. And so I have uh, Christmas Time is Here, which is on the Charlie Brown Christmas record. Probably. Yeah. That, yeah. We have that record, Coop. Um, uh, on Candy Cane Colored Vinyl. <laughs> and That's cool. We play it nonstop. 
over Christmas. It gets played constantly. It was like, I think it was a couple years ago, they finally put it, because you could never see it. And then they finally put it on Apple TV, and so I got my daughter got to see it and everything. Oh, just love it. Love that movie. Love the soundtrack. Got ch- Christmas time is here. So this is one of the few songs on the soundtrack that has a vocal. This is like where all the kids are singing. I think it's like in the opening credits, maybe. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it's that. It's there's like two songs that are famous from Charlie Brown. Is that uh the, that one, which is more of a slower, yeah, uh, melancholy song, and then there's that's the other one. Yeah, yeah. It's more upbeat. Yeah, and that's on the record as well. But yeah, so Christmas. It's not holidays unless you got some Charlie Brown Christmas in there. In my opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. So there you go. Absolutely, you gotta have Chuck in there. Yeah. <laughs> he'd be he'd fit in with the Giants right now, Coop, pulling the football away, falling over. He he'd be he he'd be an improvement. <laughs> uh right, another classic song. Yeah. You you've got a lot of classics on here, Coop. I went a lot of classics and I went with some different spins of this one. And this is mm. one of like this is, you know, I just this song always blows me away how beautiful it yeah. is. Yeah. Mm. And this is a very different interpretation. Uh, the song is The Little Drummer Boy. The artist nice. is Elvin Bishop. Now, the, does, I don't know if a lot of people know who Elvin Bishop is, right? He's a rock and roll hall mm. of famer, first of all. He was he's, he was mm. with he was with the Paul Butterfield Blues Band. He's a blues yep. guitar guitar player. Um US people probably know one of his tracks, um, which is I Fooled Around and Fell in Love. Except mm. he doesn't sing it, okay? No. Yeah. He, even though he does sing. He didn't sing it. That's Mickey that. Thomas of the Starship singing that one. Which, uh, mm. but Elvin Bishop is a great, great uh, blues guitar player. Okay, he is just. I don't. I think he is very underrated, Dave, in terms of being blues and blues rock. He's really good, right? Um, and Alligator Records, okay, which is a very famous blues la- blues label, yep. uh, did a Christmas collection this year. Oh, wow. I'll have to check that out. So Elvin Bishop does the Little Drummer Boy as an instrumental on this one. Um, It's bluesy. It's got guitar. It's got horns. It it does great. It's like a bluesy version of the Little Drummer Boy. Uh, It worked for me. It worked for me really well. Again, I was like, this was another cool Christmas album. uh, Mm. The Alligator Records Christmas Collection. Uh, Like I said, this was the track that really stood out for me on this one this year. I think the best thing now. I love Christmas music. Like I adore it. Yeah. Um, I can't get enough of it. But I think the thing about it, and like what you're doing, and what we'll do in a, in a couple of my tracks, is just taking these classic songs, and they've been done so many times. Is try to find, like, like you have all these different versions of them. You know, they're, they're Which covers. I think is cool. Yeah, covers. But I, what I tried to do is see that something stayed paid homage to what the song was all about too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, like, and that I mean, was the tricky part with it, yeah. Mm. Now, have you ever seen The Little Drummer Boy that has uh, David Bowie and, and Bing Crosby oh, on it? Yeah, I mean, that's... I, you know, and, and that, um, to me, is maybe the greatest... You know, there's two songs that are, so, like, that were holiday specials growing up. Like, it was the, the obviously Bing Crosby, Christmas when... And when yep. David Bowie and him sung that, and the others when Dean Martin had his Christmas special, he did Marshmallow mm. World. Uh, those are the two, the two iconic like TV Christmas special performances. Yeah, 
But that, yeah, yeah. People have to if they have like so. I'm assuming a lot of people have heard this song, but you got to watch it because it's like it has this sort of pretend reality where like David Bowie and and uh, Bing Crosby are neighbors. They just like yeah, walk they, over they essentially did a. It was a, it 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 comes across today as a music video, but it was really oh. part of a variety uh, show special on the, the Bing Crosby is what it was. And they're like, hey, I just stopped over to say hello. <laughs> it's great. And you, you know, got you gotta watch it. To me, that song opened me up to Bing Crosby. David Bowie okay. was someone I was sort of getting familiar with. And you know what? That opened the door for a young guy like me to check out some of Bing Crosby's music. So it was a big, big I think it was a very I think it's a very iconic TV performance that you talk about. That and the song mm. is so well done by the two of them. So yeah, it's good to have different versions of Yeah, I agree. Stuck. It's just so funny. Yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't know you were here. Yeah. It's just hilarious. Uh all right. Now the next song probably everybody hears all the time. Uh I went pretty chalk with this one, Coop. In terms of holiday music, this is a chalk pick. But I love this song. You can't play it enough for me. I love it. And that's Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. I love this song. I adore it. It's a great song. It, I, I guess it gets it's gotten a little backlash in recent years, but it's a great, like, but it's a great song. It's fun and it's great, and I love it. And I read that just on the on the residuals on the royalties from the song, she makes three million dollars every holiday season. That's insane. I, I I like this song. Um, I think for a while it was overplayed. I I mean that's the only thing that's that's wrong with it. Mm. Uh, it's a great but, song. But you'll I, look. Every holiday season, this will shoot up in the top five. This and like this, iTunes or whatever. This is the song, Dave. This is the setting I see for this song. You're doing the last minute Christmas shopping. Yeah, and yes. this song's on in the background. And if for some reason, this is like you're getting to that point where you, if you don't get a gift now, you're, you're not going to have it. You're right? done. Yeah, now or never. It's not so much the the lyrics don't relate to that. I get that, but it's that vibe, the the beat of that song kind of is a story I can see being played in the department store. It's six o'clock yeah. on December twenty third or whatever, and you're trying yeah, to get yeah. a gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I what I I think what I like about this song, and um, like we've looked at different versions, folk versions of songs. We've looked at well, Diane Kane more of a country version. We've looked at you know blues versions. I think this is like for me. This song is the perfect example of like a pop Christmas song. Yep. You know, like it's it's still got it's still poppy and fun, but it's got like sleigh bells in it, enough Christmas stuff to make it Christmassy. Like it's just a yeah. Like when you have, when I'm looking for a pop Christmas song, like it's this vibe that I want. Agree, hundred percent with you on that. Agree. Oh, uh, I think because I think Kelly Clarkson has done some pretty good Christmas. Like poppy Christmas songs. Yeah, Kelly well. Clarkson's done some good ones. Um, you know, uh, Lamb's Glass Christmas is a is a gr- mm. great. By the way, if you watch the George Michael, um, God, that sounds amazing. Documentary. They talk a lot about how you know this was a very important. I think George didn't get the number one Christmas song, and he wanted it so bad because I think that was not. because I think ban- it was it was Band Aid that year. Oh, okay. Up against Band Aid that year. Um, wow. but George was very much wanted to, to create a, a, a Christmas. Song. Now, now Matt Tobacco's calling me. <laughs> okay, what is? I don't know what I'm. 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 I'm we, we, 
we're recording on a different day because I have basketball with my daughter on. Yeah, yeah. On so these guys don't know, day. but the rule is that anyone calls me during the show, I I put the phone. <laughs> so I, so I end up, I Coop ends up. We end up booking the day to record the show on like your most social day ever, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Usually, like when Jose calls me, like I'm, yeah, it's like my normal recording time. So, so no, these guys get a pass, but yeah, we just better put them up there anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, might as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah. So no. So I, I went straight pop chalk over that. Uh. But I love that song. So. Yeah. Um. Where Where are you here, Cooper? Oh. All right. I didn't even know the song existed, to be honest. Okay, I did not either. Okay, until I heard it. Yeah. Um. So the song is called "Must Be Santa." The artist is Bob Dylan, and it's from his I, "Christmas I, in the Heart" album. It's none. All the words you just said, I didn't even know existed. Okay. Until I saw your notes. So, what is this song? It's a. It's actually a song that was released by Mitch Miller, right? Uh, it was written by Hal Moore and Bill Frederick, right? Okay. Um, I have not even heard the original version of this, right? And I, oh. that was, I, come, I, and I should have listened to it and I didn't. But this is a great Bob Dylan song, okay? This is my other song of the season for me, okay? Okay. Well, it's The vibe is, the beat of this song is like a bit of a poker-like spin combined with a German drinking game sound. Oh, yeah. Um, I just had a quick listen. So, oh, you just kind of put it on. So, yeah. so it is <laughs> it's freaking great, right? Um, it starts hard. Like, it, like, yeah. Like, like, there's no ease in with this song. Like, it, 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 it jumps at you. Yeah. 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 So, th- the funny thing is in this song, right? Uh, by Bob Dylan, um, and it's, it gets in there. This song kind of goes, takes you on different weaves. So, there's a point where, the rain Santa's reindeer name come up like similar to like what happens uh uh in Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer but but I gotta read this to you okay so you know how mm-hmm. it goes Dasher Dancer Prance of Vixen um mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so Dylan sings Dasher Dancer Prance of Vixen then he goes Eisenhower Kennedy Johnson Nixon, ah! right <laughs> then he goes back again Dasher Dancer Prance of Vixen and then he goes. Carter, Reagan, Bush, and Clinton. <laughs> oh, jeez! It, it is a, it is to me. This was one. Like I said, so that I think that part was, you know, that Dylan like improvised the lyrics on that part, uh, because like I said, this one, great song. I mean, that polka like spin is just yeah, and and combined with the German drinking sound and Bob Dylan's raspy vocals, you have a fun song like that really gets you into it. Um, and a song like that, if you haven't heard it, it's something a little different, uh, is what I will say on this. Uh, but I enjoyed this song a lot. Yeah, I I am having a look at the record. Uh, so I'm like, what? What? I do not remember a Christmas record. Uh, came out in 2009. Um, so you're getting that raspy. Th- but this looks like it looks like what I like in a Christmas record, which is sort of like with Brandy's record. It's this good mix of like, like this song, like songs I never heard of, and then like your classics, like Winter Wonderlands on there. Yeah. Little Drummer Boys on there, Harky Herald Angels Sing, uh, Come All You Faithful. But you also have like, like with the Coop song, uh, but you got like that. And then you have Christmas Island. Like, I don't even know what that is. And then you have, you know, um, Here Comes Santa Claus. So you have a bit, you have like a good mix of like 
maybe some songs you haven't heard of and some more traditional. So, yeah, no, I'll have to check that album out. I didn't even know it existed at all. No, but that, it's a definitely good album. Check it out. I want to I got to listen to the original, too, because I'm like, where did this polka drinking like you listen to the song? You're like, where did that decision come from? So I'll have to check it out. Yeah, no, like, I like, what, but that's what it sounds like when you listen to it. it oh no, it totally does. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, that is very interesting to uh, it's, pick. That. It's a completely different vibe of anything I've heard on a Christmas song before. Oh yeah. Uh, so I got Sufjan Stevens, who's put out a bunch of Christmas records, like five. Like he's put out a lot, uh, which is interesting because uh, you wouldn't expect that from him. He's more like your indie guy. Right, uh, right. He's put out a bunch bunch of christmas records and he they're a mix between like original more secular songs about winter like sister winter and stuff like that but then he does a lot of like classic carols but very traditionally so they're not really it's it's not they're not really popped up or anything like that they're pretty they're pretty straight um and pretty minimal in terms of arrangements and stuff and he's got joy to the world. And I love Christmas carols, Coop. I love carols. I'll probably go out somewhere and hear some choir sing carols this year. I love Christmas carols. This is a I song you'll hear, in, you'll hear during Mass, like at the end of Mass. like this. Song. I love, I yeah. love It's them. very traditional here. I love them. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why. I do. I love Christmas carols the best. Yeah, no, it's so, a, it's a it's a Christmas Carol, it's a Christmas hymn, however you want to call this oh, one. Yeah. I love Christmas yeah. hymns. I love them. Yeah. And yeah. Sufjan Stevens has grown up very religious, and a lot of his songs have are about like religion, spirituality, and how he's had to find his own way. And and so he does a lot of so I think that is probably adding to why he played this is quite traditional. Yeah. Um I think the thing I love about Carols and going to Christmas choirs is that well i love christmas a but b they're just so epic coop like they're just such epic songs you know when you get the yeah they're so grand and they're so like you know they're about rejoicing and, and it's, i love them and so he does a really good job it, and a lot of his christmas records do as well so joy to the world i have on this one good one oh love it love christmas carols coop. are you a christmas carol guy yes I do love them too. I do love them. I, I do love them as well. Uh, do people still go around and like sing in the street? Is, is that still a thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not so much where I live, which is a little more suburban, but they do do it. They do do it. Um, and it, it tend it tends not to be on Christmas Eve anymore, though. It tends yeah. to be like the weekend before Christmas Eve. Oh God, I'd love it. Yeah. Um. Go ahead, Coop. What do you what what you got? Oh, we're gonna go to share. See, okay. I need you to talk me all through the song because I have not listened to this. Is this off the new record? This is off the new record, but it's not a new song. Okay. I, I haven't it, you haven't heard this. I haven't one. heard this song. No. Yeah. Um let me let me see if I can uh, well, I shouldn't no. I but I but 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 the artists involved have me very, very, very interested in the song. Yeah, so it actually is um Oop, oop, I should that yeah. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, I just don't wanna um Yeah, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> that would that would be bad that we get taken down. So um I won't go there. So um it's Sharon Cindy Lauper, the songs that put a little holiday in your heart. Um mm. and um 
it's it's first of all, it's a Leanne Rhymes song. Mm. So this song, I did not know this song. It's a song that was made, uh, I guess, popularized. I don't want to say it was made famous because I just hadn't heard it. Right? Maybe I should have heard it. Uh, and um, it, it is share sounds. First of all, share sounds great. So um, she's you know shares. Cher's got these baritone type vocals, right? Yeah. And how old is Cher, right? We were talking about how old is she? Is she close to 80? She'd have to be. I, I'll look it up right now. But, 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 but Dave, she doesn't lost a bit. Her voice sounds great. Her, her voice sounds great. 77. 77. She sounds great. Um, mm. And then you kind of, uh, you combine uh, the Cindy Lauper kind of raspy type vocals in there it, it's a nice combination uh that they bring together here uh it's a good this is a good song too um this is definitely like i said uh i think Cher did a very good job um with her christmas this is her first christmas album uh that she's ever released um you know so well, uh, it's her first album album in like in, in like years yeah forever yeah so um the, the album's simply called Christmas. Uh, but she's got some duets on there. Um, I picked the Cindy Lauper one. I picked one a little different. Uh, which is again, put a little holiday in your heart is the song. If, if, uh, I think I said put a little love in your heart. It's put a little holiday in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <clears throat> she does uh, a duet with Michael Bublé. She does a uh, oh, that'd duet. be good. She does a duet with Bar- Darling Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does a uh, duet with Stevie Wonder. She does a uh, duet mm-hmm. with Tiger. So um, there's some good duets on there. Um, most of them are covers. I think there's a couple of songs that I hadn't heard of on there before. Um, mm. but, but a very good album, uh, by Cher. Uh, like I said, I think you'll, if you appreciate the Cher baritone vocals, uh, you'll like this one for sure. Well, we talked about, uh, this was, uh, under new music at the time, but once you released, I guess the lead single, which was which, DJ play a Christmas song, DJ play a Christmas song is the first track, which has got the most, yeah. Which is a great. So we song. talked about that, yeah, on the new music, and it's like I think it's their first studio re- song in like ten years or something. Um, it definitely. Listen, I think if you look at Cher, um, I'm just going through our album list here. Uh, I think she did. I think she did a couple of cover albums, but uh, for the most part, yeah, I don't think she's done a major album uh, no. in about 10, 10, 12 years. So and and it's not bad. I mean, I remember I remember that that single's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'll, I, haven't, a, I haven't checked out the whole record yet. I have to do that. But yeah, this is probably I'll say this song is not very traditional. Uh, it's well, got yeah. a little bit of a more modern spin to it. But uh, I did listen to the Liam Rhymes version. It's just a very good one as well. But the, I like the share one. Mm. Nice. I love that. Yep. I, I gotta look more into that record. Hmm. Yep. So many records I have to listen to, Coop. Yeah, uh, like I said, this was a good year. Like, the last couple of years have been good years for Christmas releases. And she put that out early. That lead single came out in October. So she Yeah, the, the album came out the, like around Halloween, yeah. Yeah, but that's, I mean, great. Uh, now, the next one comes off of the James Brown Christmas record. And I got James Brown with Soulful Christmas. Oh, this is a good that one. record is so good. It I is. have that on on vinyl. It's great. Yeah, yeah, a bit of funky Christmas, you know. Uh, it's just 
it's just fun. Yeah. Um, that whole like you got big horns and like, because it's not like James Brown is singing to like, you know, some traditional arrangements or something. Yeah. Uh, it's like he's got it's the whole James Brown thing. So it's huge horns. It's big arrangements. It's just great. I yeah. love it. I love that record. Soulful Christmas by James Brown. Yeah. Oh, it's a great look. I I think that's a great. Uh, I think it's one of the great ones. Uh, yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's the whole James Brown thing. Like it's you know, it's big and and it's great. Yep. Ooh, let's see here who we got for Coop. Who we got for? Oh, right. okay. Um, this song comes up every year on my list. Okay, it seems like, <laughs> or or it's come up before, and it's a Chuck Berry song uh mm. called "Run Rudolph Run." Great track, and Great it's song. been look, it's been covered by uh not just Jim, obviously Chuck Berry did it right, but mm. it's been covered by uh Billy Gibbons, Keith Richards, yeah. uh Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, and in my opinion, I think, um. Yeah. I think Brian Adams did the best best cover, but uh, now the Smithereens are covering it, mm. and uh, it's from the Christmas with the Smithereens album, right? And um, I gotta say, this is another epic cover of this song, right? Um, to me, it's the most country like. It's even more countryish than like. I don't think Chuck Berry's had a, much of a country vibe as uh as this one. This is an older song too. This is not a new song. Yeah. Uh the Christmas with the Smithereens. Uh but the you know the Smithereens are, are I would say they're really more they're the Smithereens were very popular where I grew up. They were a Jersey type band. Um mm. and uh you know they they they're more of like hard rock alternative yes. rock, co- the yes. college rock scene. No, this is They've been around country. for a while. They've been yeah, around for a bit. Yeah. But this has more of a country vibe to it. It was really cool to it. Um and you know this song works in a country vibe is what I'm saying. I I still think Chuck Berry's version is more bluesy, right? But this is more like I'd say it gets a little more closer to central country music here. But great guitar, for, work. It's great guitar. Oh, work. Yeah, I love the Smithereens. I have to say. Yeah. Um, I think the songs people might know the best are "A Girl Like You," "Blood and Roses." They yep. might know. Yep. But I love the Smithereens. So when I saw this on here, I was really interested. Like, it's wow, a, it's, a, it's a good track. It, it, they were really like, I love this song. It, it's it's like it's it's a modern Christmas song that's not very commercialized, but it's a fun mm. song. It's a feel good song. Uh, you know, it's one that you could just play and just it puts yeah. a smile on your face. Every I like I said, the Brian Brian Adams with the raspy vocals on this was really really cool. But then I hear the Smithereens version was was just uh, like I said, this song covers well and it it translates well with different artists is what I've seen. So this is another good cover of it. I think next year I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Dark Christmas. I'm gonna go like we we sad Christmas song. Yeah, we, I didn't have any dark ones this time. We we've done. I know we touched on Dark Christmas a couple of times. Ooh. Love some dark. Uh, yeah, because even some of those carols, they get a bit, they get a bit bleak. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are those Old Testament type carols. They're not really. I mean, my wife can't stand the Kinks Father Christmas, and it's a dark oh. song, but it's 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 upbeat in terms of the melody. Like that's a great song, you know. You know, um, it's, it's you gotta say it's sung from a different point of view. You have to understand with that. I gotta check that out. Anyway, 
Uh, I went with a New Year's song. There's not a ton of New Year's songs. It's tough, yes. That same old line song can only go so far. That's right. Uh, Taylor Swift has a good one. Oh. <laughs> um, and this person has a good one. Rufus Wainwright. Mm, yeah. What are you doing New Year's Eve? Nice. Uh-uh. It, I love this song. It's got this swing jazz vibe to it. And it's all about uh, this this guy. I'm just saying guy because Rufus Wainwright is saying it. Um, the person in the song is is trying to find someone to kiss at, at New Year. Like when the when the clock strikes midnight, it's all about him or her or non-binary uh, yeah. talking to somebody about, you know, are you going to be what are you doing on New Year's Eve? Trying to, like, get someone to go to the party uh, to be the one that they kiss. So they have someone to kiss yeah. when when uh, he kind of sings about, you know, when the clock strikes 12, are you going to be the one there one kissing? Are you going to be one of the people among the missing? Uh, it's just such a great and, and the just the chorus of like, what are you doing? New Year's Eve is so cool. Yeah, um, this uh, this is actually in like a gap ad from like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 92 or something. It's so good. It's such a great song. I think it's on like a McGarrigal sisters record because, you know, that's, you know, um, one of his mom is one of the McGarrigals. I can't remember which one, a Kate or Anna McGarrigal. But um, yeah, check it out. Rufus Wainwright. What are you doing? New Year's Eve. It's a great track. He's at, you know, Rufus Wainwright. We've talked about this genre, that Baroque pop type of mm-hmm. artist, as he said with that. He's I mean, almost I, like straight jazz on this track, though. That's what I was going to say. He's more jazz, but he he kind of goes into that. I don't know. Like, it's that Baroque era, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. With, with the sound of that. Yeah. God, his voice. If I could have his voice, my God. What an amazing voice, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love this last pick he is, by um, the way. No, thanks. Uh, I went with an instrumental to close it out again. Um, but the song's not an instrumental. It's a popular song. Again, it's one of my favorite. One of my favorites. Winter Wonderland. Mm. Uh, I think another song that's covered so well by so many people. This one's covered by Booker T and the MGs. That's great. Uh, from their Christmas Spirit album. This is this is my oldest one, 1966. And uh, if you don't know who Booker T and the MGs were, they came up on KMA Talk Radio. They do an instrumental that everyone knows called Green Onion. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that song, yeah. I mean, all I got to say is... <laughs> it's like... It, the, it's the beat of the song is like Green Onion, right? But you know, everyone knows that song. But what they do here is, uh, you know, they are... Um, like I said, they're very much a bluesy type of band. Um, but what they do on this one is they bring a, a bluesy vibe to this song. But, you know, again, they're known for their keyboards and stuff, right? Um, and they bring this early synth vibe layered over the bluesy vibe, uh, with mm. Winter London. It really does great justice to this song here. It, it's a nice job here, uh, by Booker T and the MGs. Again, if you, if you, if, if something you're bored of a Christmas song, this is what I'll say. If you're bored of a Christmas song, go find an instrumental version of it, right? Yeah, Just, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. And what it will do is it will kind of reset you a bit with it. Um, because then, you know, you, you can he- listen to it and it's, it, it's, it's not, uh, it's not the repetitive thing of that as well. So, you know, that's why I kind of went with a lot of the, I have a lot of covers in here this year, uh, that I distinctly looked for something a little different, but 
I feel it still does homage to the Christmas song itself. I was weak, Dave, on the on the hymns and the carols. That's going to change next year with me. I'm going to probably go into more of a traditional mode next year because I definitely went heavier with the modern here. I'm going dark, man. I know you're going. Why not? Yeah. Dark Christmas. I'm writing it down. Uh, no, great. Oh, great tracks. I mean, hmm, I, I, I think, too, like... Those modern carols, I mean, I love the traditional versions of them, but you're right. Like, getting a different version or instrumental version, just something to freshen it up. Yeah. Oh, it, 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 like I said, um, because they're good songs, and you don't want to just kick them to the curb is what, I, what I'll no. say on that, right? But at the same time, uh, it will give you, like I said, this, this, a picture of this one, which winner one, I got to make sometimes you get bored of it, even though I love the song. And this kind of just yeah. reset me a bit on it, uh, which I like. Well, I think, too, like a lot of times – with Christmas music, you're either singing it together as a family if you have a musical family and a piano or something. Yeah. Or it's on the background while you're doing everything else. So you kind of want music that everybody can connect with that kind of knows, but it's not like in your face. Yeah. Um. So no, it's great. I mean, I love Christmas music. I love. Oh, it. It, it. It's good. You know, it's good. It's good. Uh, you know, I um, like I said, we got some other. You you did a good job with a New Year's, a Kwanzaa, and a Hanukkah song. So, uh, yeah, that's a good job as well. I was um, trying to think what, like, the only other holiday I could think of that really is like musical that you associate with music would be like what Valentine's Day and love songs, really. Like, I mean, yeah, uh, there's no other like really musical holiday, is there? They're trying with Halloween, but I wouldn't say Halloween's a, we did, remember, we, we did <laughs> oh, Halloween what? music one year, I remember that. Um, but I wouldn't say it's that, ho- that was a yeah. horror music. Um, you want to maybe say St. Patrick's Day with an Irish Jay? Yeah, yeah, but not not Valentine's Valentine's Day again is is bigger. Um, I can go. I can go. I I St. Patrick's Day is a good call. That's a good call. St. Patrick's Day is a good call. Um, yeah, I I can't really think of another. Thanksgiving, eh? You know, I was actually Easter, eh. Easter, nah. Um. Fourth of July, you get some of the patriotic music maybe in there is the other one. I guess uh, Christmas is just it's just so connected with music because yeah, the Christmas the, album's coming the, out. And... Yeah. The problem is with Fourth of July is it's too it's an American holiday. It's not really those other ones have more of an international feel that you can do where you can celebrate it worldwide. I was just thinking about that the other day, like how worldwide it is. Yeah. But uh But no, like, great stuff. Yeah. Well, it's this is a fun you know. The other one I was debating doing this year, and I, maybe I'll do it next year. Maybe I'll do it. I, you know, in the UK, the biggest thing in the UK is getting the Christmas number one song. That yes. is like the biggest honor. And if you're not familiar well, with it. I don't know what's going to be this year. Yeah, I don't know what's going to be. We're going to be getting into it. In the, but in the UK, like the biggest honor is to get a number one cigar on Christmas Day. Uh, no, cigar. Number song. one song on Christmas Day. And artists plan for this. They, it's a competitive thing. Oh, um, yeah. You remember that um, the big one was um, that I uh, the one obviously we mentioned. Uh, I said, would I say we already know? It's um, like uh, Band Aid. You said Band Aid, yeah. Band Aid, okay, Band Aid, yeah, Band because we had a world came later. Band Aid, uh, do you know it was Christmas? Was it? But Mad World by Gary Jules, the Gary Jules cover of Mad World by Tears for Fears, got got it one year. Really? Yeah, and it was a, a big deal that Gary Jules like. And Tears of Fears got behind him. They got behind him on this. They wanted him to get the number one. Uh, and they loved his version so much that they've incorporated his version into their 
you know, when they do it live. So I thought one year I may kind of go, but the problem is if I go that route, it's not Christmas music. That's why I didn't the, do it. Yeah. You know? I mean, the problem historically, or maybe more recently. Yeah. Probably is that the number one Christmas song, the UK, because the UK number one Christmas, Song Christmas song is or song on Christmas is always a big one, uh. But lately, it's been like gimmicky songs, you know. Yeah, it's been that's the last three or four years has been like that. Unfortunately, that's like eh. And it, yeah, I I know what you're saying. Uh, I agree with you on that. And I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think that which one it is. There's one that kind of uh got it. Um. It's gotten like a couple years in a row. It got it right. Oh, it's oh yeah, it's this that one where they do. Uh, it was that that yeah, it's that lad baby. Yeah, and he, he was doing like we we we. I love sausage rolls. Don't stop me eating. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's like, but that's, that's the problem. Unfo- that's unfortunate. Um. You know, uh, but Gary Jules got it in 2003, which was a, a big deal. Um, Michael Jackson got one with a song called Earth Song. Uh, Whitney Houston got it with I Would Always Love You. Uh, Queen got it with Bohemian Rhapsody in 91. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Cliff Richards got and then the Pet Shop Boys got it. In Pet Shop Boys. Uh, Always On My Mind got it in 87. It's a great song. Great cover by them too. So, but you're right. The the ones that this lad baby's been just like for the past mm. six or seven years is uh uh been has had it and it sucks that it's gimmicky. Yeah, that's been the problem with it. Um, but if you go look at the list, it's there's some great ones on that. There's some other great songs though. Yeah, Rage Against the Machine had it in 2009. Killing Jeez. Your yeah. But yeah, so. How's the cigar coop before getting into new music? So we'll finish up here. If you notice, I did I did have a little fumble with the cigar, so I did drop it, but it's fine. Uh, but yeah, I had a little, I had a little. <laughs> I did uh, uh, my nerves were on edge before yeah, it was I lost my power cord and stuff. I was freaking out. Oh. Um, but this is this cigar. This cigar. This is what the deal is. This first half of the cigar has these sweet and smoky notes, right? Mm. And it's got like the holiday bread. Baker's spice, orange peel, kind of like a fruit cake almost, right? Mm. Um, but I noticed cigar takes a turn in the second half. It gets kind of ordinary. Those flavors will go away. And it gets a little harsher. But I do love the first part of this cigar a lot. Yeah, I think I agree. I think the cigar really comes together. That's sort of like near the tail end of the first third into the second, like that yeah. first. Yes, totally agree. Because that's when, for me, the pipe tobacco really comes into play, and you're getting those, those uh, baker spice notes and the bread, and this, like you said, I mean, you put it excellent with the whole Christmas cake vibe. Yeah, which is really what I look for in a Christmas cigar. To be honest, I want that flavor, that sort of all spice, cinnamon, nutmeggy, sort of like stewed fruit kind of kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that that. Um, but, and then, you know, but you're right. Yeah. The pipe tobacco comes out the best in this blend. I think mm-hmm. you, you, of all those two all stars, it comes out the best with this blend. Because there's enough like of those dark notes, but also enough sweetness. It's really good. But then, like you're right, 
as you tail off the second half, it kind of gets a bit ordinary. Yeah. Um, I mean, still smokable, obviously. I'm not going to toss it, but I mean. No, and there's a little bitterness, it, but the bitterness yeah. kind of go. Like, bitterness is nothing wrong with bitterness having it on a cigar, but the bitterness does get a little little heavier in that, that last third. It's just those notes that really make the cigar shine kind of get yeah. kind of fall away. Yeah. Oh, the um, retrohale is beautiful on this cigar, too. Like, I'm still at a good point with it where because I'm kind of at that sweet spot where um, you retrohale and you get those bread and orange peel notes on here. Really nice. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, I love the cigar. <clears throat> it's a cigar that if I pick up, I know that first half is going to be out of this world. Yep. Uh, and then, like the back half, depending on the cigar, it might be a bit bit better than others. But no, I mean, I, I love it. It's a great, it's a great holiday cigar. Yeah, um, it, I, you know, I'm really excited because the Connecticut Shade one, which is the 23, is coming out. And I actually wonder if that that Connecticut Shade wrapper is going to soften the blend a bit with some of these pipe tobaccos. So do um, you know? So is it yeah. the, it's the same pipe tobaccos, just a different wrapper. Uh, it's a different wrapper. Um. I don't think the I I don't know if the pipe tobaccos are exactly the same or not, but it's holiday. It's kind of that holiday vibe he's bringing with it. So it's, I think I it's mean, the, I think it's the same the Cavendish, the Burley Virginias. I think it's still oof. in there. Like okay, like the the best thing I could say about this cigar is that I really like it, but also where the other Stillwell cigars didn't really get me excited about the line. Like this cigar really has me like okay, I got to get the next holiday blend. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. Like it has me ex- it has me excited about the holiday blend where I'm like, I need to get it when it comes out again sort of thing. Yeah, like I said, I'm really excited what he's going to do with that with that 23. Um, you know, one thing that was um, Habano has been used on all the Stillwell stars. So the fact he's going Connecticut Shade is, is something a little different right now. Interesting. Uh, which I'm pretty excited about. He also, uh, I mean, the, the guts, the he's still... He, all these cigars have used the Habano wrapper uh, and the Mexican binder. I think he's still using the Mexican binder, but it's the shade wrapper he's putting on it. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, when I saw the PCA, it was much lighter looking, and he said, and then it, he's been, in fact, a couple of people were asking. He really didn't talk much about this. Bl- like, he's been a little careful talking about some of these blends right now because I think still with FDA, they want to be careful. So, But it's cool. Yeah. This is, but like I said, First half of this cigar is better than the second half, uh, is what I'll say. And I, you know, it's this is kind of going to go to, and that, but the end of that first third, you're right, it's the sweet spot. Yeah. So let's get into new music here, Coop. Yeah. Um, new music sponsored by uh, Cigar Hustler. Music 45, excuse me, sponsored by Cigar Hustler. Located in Deltona, Florida, they have a uh, fantastic selection of uh, both tried and true brands, boutique cigars. Uh, a great lounge, great customer service, uh, a great place to smoke just off I-4, by the way. It's, they're not far off I-4. So if you're going through central Florida, uh, there's no reason why you can't stop there. Um, if you're going down I-95, it's a little trickier because you're further out. But if you're going through I-4, you got to stop there uh, because, like I said, it's a great experience. But if you can't get down there, you want to go to CigarHustler.com. You want to get on their email list. Um, and the other thing that I would recommend is not just get on their email list, but get on their, uh, social media list, right? Uh, because, um, they drop a lot of their limiteds, um, you know, on there, um, you know, and, and I've seen some that came out this week. Uh, there were definitely some good ones this week. Um, mm. 
that um I want to just pull this one up because um do I have it? Let me see if I have it this week. Uh oh yes, here's why. The room one uh the room one oh one snake shake is in stock. Yes. Uh, and that's you a cigar and I, that we both love. We, we had it on the cigar. show forever ago. We've yeah. had it on the show. It made the coupe list. Uh, so I was really glad to see that uh, for sure. You want to definitely get that. Um, they have uh, also um, the Krakatoas are in there. The Red Meat Lovers is in there. The the If you want the unicorns, uh, they have them on there this week. Uh, if you're into the Pravada stuff, they got the Pravada stuff out there. And they have the NFT cigars, which, by the way, uh, they're pretty much in line with the pricing with everyone else. So uh, hundred, they're a hundred bucks. They're not cheap, but um, mm. you can get the NFT cigars uh, in there as well. And if you decide to buy five packets, four hundred and seventy-five dollars. And if you want to buy a box Jeez. of fifteen, you get it discounted ten percent at thirteen fifty. So, hey, so thanks. That, that yeah, that's kind of standard what everyone's doing across the board. So so definitely get in there. Um, and of course, uh, check out that podcast, uh, the A Cigar Hustlers podcast, where they pick on me, and probably sometimes I deserve it sometimes i don't but uh but no they're good hey. on there a uh, very unique podcast they have uh they have a patreon channel as well um and of course they have the postani brand which we talked about earlier on so uh so we'll they, have to see how they react to the developing palettes uh review uh, i i'm sure there's a re- i'm sure on the show it's going to be coming up uh they call him what do you call they call him aaron fishhead loomis wow uh, yeah yeah so, oh, by the way, my comments on the Postani I want that I made earlier. I just want to say this: um, I haven't gone through a full review cycle of this yet, so keep that in mind. Um, oh, okay. Um, because sometimes when I go through a review cycle, things go up or down. Uh, is what I'm going to tell you. And you know, so I had some initial impression, but it's it's a good cigar. You know, to me, I love that broadleaf. That that broadleaf Postani is awesome. Mm, you uh, do. The, the limiteds are really good. I, I have a I have a Postani. I think I I, I think I'm finally going to review SBC 20, which I haven't reviewed. So that's coming up on Coop probably in the next few weeks. So check that out. All okay, right. Let's what do, do you got? Let's do yeah. it up. Side A, this is a band that Coop loves that I also enjoy, and that's Black Pumas. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Black Pumas, yes. They have a new record out. Uh, one of the tracks is uh, Mrs. Postman. Yeah. And it's a great throwback, got a great R&B vibe, has some 60s vibes. I think... What I say is it has some 60s vibes with enough modern touches to make it fresh and not gimmicky. Um, so that record, I, wanted, it, I think it only dropped like a couple weeks ago. So uh, be sure to check that out, the Black Pumas. Um, they were up for a Grammy for Best New Band. What was that, like a couple years ago? A couple years ago, yeah. They didn't get a lot of no. love lately, but I don't know if they have. Have they had a new album out since then? I don't. I think they had two albums out really quickly. Yeah, I think both and of them. Then, got someone, and then yeah. maybe, maybe had a down, like a like, had a had a break there. And now this is a, another one that it just came out. Boy, when we do this Grammy show, I it's these cat some of these categories are gonna be tough to pick this year. Ooh. I just I yeah, so it's gonna be interesting. Like we normally pick a subset of categories to go through, and if I'm basing it off that subset, it's gonna be interesting. New artist coop. They have Ice Spice and a new artist. She's put out. She's had like top ten hits for like three years. I, didn't like, get I don't that. know I, what's going on. I, I don't get. I, I've always been confused how they do the new artist award. I I've never understood know. it. I've never understood it. By the way, if someone could explain it to me, please do. It. They might have like based on when their first LP came out. Like I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. But, it, but she's been anyway. 
Yeah. Um. Okay. Now, side B, I went with the winter song. So, this is Mary J. Blige with Winter Wonderland. Oh, this is a great. Uh, I'll let you finish, but yeah, great cover this. So now, now this is actually off of her 2013 record, A Merry right. Christmas. However, it's under new music because they just re-released an anniversary edition. So it's okay. been re-released. The production's been cleaned up a bit. Um, so it's new in the sense that this is the re-released version, but it's but it's a, a an album that's been kind of remastered, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, so yeah, so the, the, it's a great Christmas record, Mary J. Blige, man. Yeah, you know, I guess this. I wasn't a fan of Mary J. Blige's last album that got all the Grammy love. I, I wasn't a big oh, fan. Oh, the later, yeah. It wasn't a, but if there were ever, I love Mary J. Blige's voice. And if there were ever a Christmas song meant to be covered uh, by someone, Winter Wonderland by Mary J. Blige is absolutely a cover. It's an absolute must. Uh, I'm glad she covered it. Yeah. And that's a, she does a great version of that. So if you're a Mary J. Blige fan, if you don't already have this record, Check yeah, out this anniversary yeah, edition. Yeah. And always good when they clean up some of the production value, too. So mm. Now, out archaeology homework. I wanted to go with the holiday record. So I select. I got selections yep. from Irving Berlin's White Christmas. Yep. So this has most of the tracks from the movie, but some alternative versions. Um, however, it has Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, who Danny Kaye in the movie is phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. Trudy Stevens and Peggy Lee is on nice. it. So it, it's got a lot of the, it's got almost all of the talent on the actual movie. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's probably, they don't have an official soundtrack of the movie. So this is sort of the next best thing. So yeah, check that out. I mean, like I say, Danny Kay, I think is like the unsung hero of that white Christmas movie. He's so good in it. I love Danny Kay. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. Check, check that out. Um, it's got like I said, it has most tracks on it. It has some alternate versions, like Sisters is sort of an alternate version of that song, I believe. Um, but all the other ones are are pretty close to the movie, so uh, check that out. Yep. Well, definitely check it out. Good stuff, Dave. Oh, oh, we're at the end. We're at the end, man. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Coop and I have to figure out. When the next show is, we got a year-end show coming up soon. Yeah, we have a four-year anniversary like around this time too, so we may want to maybe combine Jesus. this. Yeah, four, four years, years already. Can you believe it? Uh, four years, one hundred fourteen shows, continuing to grow. Uh, Damn, could love doing this show. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah, Coop's, your, uh, Coop's the best. Coop no, is it, the best. It, Dave's been great. I mean, his Dave's prep work is just incredible with this. Um. You know, and Dave kind of handles more of the prep. I handle the post production, so it's kind of like a good marriage there. Uh, except Dave does the playlist, which he's been always gracious getting that playlist to me right away, so we can get this out. So I'm excited. Uh, we have a lot of stuff. You know, we're gonna be year end Grammys. We're gonna be into. We gotta figure out our tournament for 2024. So. Uh, oh yeah. We're gonna have to. We're gonna be. That you know it's. March is going to be only a few months. It's going to come fast, so uh, I'm sure we'll think of something for our annual tournament uh, as well. So there's a lot of great stuff happening on the jukebox is what I'm going to tell you. Uh, we have a couple guests we're trying to get in there, too. We're just trying to get the scheduling, which has been a little tricky uh, as we both have had commitments. So it's that's always yeah. the tricky part. So, But I'm around the rest of the year, uh, at least for now. So we'll see what happens. 
Mm. All right. But uh, I guess for our audience, Dave, happy Thanksgiving if you're celebrating that in the States or wherever you're celebrating it. Uh, again, feel free to play. If you listen to the, if you got this far, you listen to the uh, the show already. But if you're, if you're upset we did this early, um, understand we just so we can get it to as many people so they can have it ready when they're ready to listen. So, yeah. All right, Dave. Uh, that's going to wrap up Primetime Jukebox episode 114 into the uh, annals of history for this uh, pre-Thanksgiving 2023 edition. We'll catch everybody on the B-side. Take care, everybody. <laughs>